Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back here with you on a Tuesday. Dana and Park's up an hour from right now. Okay, Red Lobster at one point tried doing the Olive Garden model of the endless whatever. They do the endless pasta. Uh, So Red Lobster tried a vision, tried a version of this that was endless shrimp. All you could eat shrimp. And I guess they had it for a while and then it went away and they brought it back in an effort to increase foot traffic, traffic into the business. Apparently it didn't work. Apparently that was not a draw for people. So now as a way to raise revenue, they are raising the price on it. Proportion, percentage wise, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what Red Lobster really needed to do is raise prices even more than they already had been. <laughs> I mean, it's such a bad idea to fill in the blanks that when when they got rid of it initially, um, it was because they they didn't they didn't really budget for it. So you had the endless shrimp. You could go in and just pile down as much shrimp as you wanted. And they didn't figure people would eat as much as they did. I don't know why, <laughs> but you got. I mean, you, right? You've got to game that stuff out. If you're the restaurant, you've got to figure out. Okay, how many shrimp can the average person eat? They way underestimated that, and so after the first few months, they said, "Okay, yeah, we're ditching this. Uh, go back to your regular lobster fest." By the way, do you know? Do you know it's always lobster fest at Red Lobster unless it's shrimp fest. It's one of the two. There's always going to be one of those two okay. things going on. But okay. um, but yeah, so they when they brought it back, they hiked the price a lot. And that was the problem. People wanted to go pile shrimp down their gullets as much as they possibly could, but they didn't want to pay that much for it. So now they got rid of it again because, like you said, it wasn't driving foot traffic. It was too expensive for people. But now they're just raising every other price. A $5 price hike, which, like you said, is a percentage. That's a lot. So it was 20 bucks originally is the point. Uh, it is up to $25 now. And they said, we knew 20 bucks was a good deal. Like we knew, we yeah, knew it was well. underpriced, but we figured it would draw people in and then they would buy other stuff or they would bring people with them and we raise the money that way. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that did not happen. It wasn't enough of a draw. So they're gonna raise it to 25 bucks now. Here's the thing about comparing it to Olive Garden. Pasta is really cheap. And so it's okay if people eat a lot of it and get 12 servings of it. Shrimp, not as cheap. So it's, you don't lose as much money on pasta if people really pile up, but shrimp you will. Right, yeah, because pasta, not only is it really cheap, it's not really cheap to go buy a plate of spaghetti. And they do that because it's a high profit margin item. So getting to your point, um, shrimp is not a high profit margin item. Your margins are much, much slimmer on something. It's like the the margin on a steak is almost nothing because the margin on the soda is so high or the beer or whatever you're going to be drinking with it. So that's what they were hoping is that people would pay the 20 bucks for the endless shrimp and buy a Mai Tai or, you know, whatever fancy drink they have at at Red Lobster. And people just weren't doing it. They were taking the 20 bucks and going, all right, bring me more shrimp, man. And (laughs) and 
another coven. glass of water, right? <laughs> and then tipping, you know, ten percent just to yep. uh, just to meet that. So, if you are a fan, it is going to cost you another five bucks. People probably still pay that. I don't know what's the point at which people say, okay, this is thirty. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what the point is, which it's too yeah. much, but. Well, and Red Lobster has been in trouble for a while. I mean, yeah. and I don't want to overstate trouble. What I mean is they haven't been as profitable as other restaurants that are in the same space as they are for a long time because, well, not just shrimp, seafood in general is pretty mm -hmm. expensive out there on the open market. It's hard to be profitable like that. And they, they, they even said, yeah, they closed eight restaurants at the beginning of 2023 that were, quote, no longer viable for the chain. In other <laughs> words, they weren't making us any money, so we cut them. Is there another, um, what else is in that, that box with Red Lobster in terms of chain seafood restaurant? Seafood, they're kind of alone. Um, That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, the only other seafood restaurants that are out there that are chains are all fast food, like, like Red, know, Long uh, John Silver's, Captain yeah. D's. Yep. Uh, but yeah, in that space with Red Lobster, I don't know that there is another seafood restaurant that's close. I mean, I, I think the same couple that's going to go to Red Lobster for dinner is going to go to Applebee's the next week. Right. And then Olive Garden, like all the Darden uh, restaurants, yeah, right, as somebody right, right, said. Right, right, TGI right, Fridays. Yes. It's the same. I'm just, I guess I'm surprised. Um, I, maybe seafood is just not something that you can ever make cheap enough. It, it just is always going to be too expensive to be able to price at that point where people would go in, where it yeah. has to just be nicer. So. Right. And, and yeah, if, if you're going to pay, I mean, even if you compare it to that, compare it to going out to Olive Garden, if you go out to an Olive Garden and get dinner for two, and, and you know, maybe a couple of drinks. And then you go to TGI Fridays, you get dinner for two, you get a couple of drinks. Then you go to Red Lobster and get, you know, dinner for two and a couple of drinks. That Red Lobster bill is going to be the highest of the three. Right. A lot of you are texting ideas in, but none of these are, all these are much more upscale than Red Lobster. Somebody said McCormick and Schmicks. It's a chain. It's much nicer than Red Lobster. Bonefish Grill, much nicer than Red Lobster. Yeah, yeah. Captain D's Joe's Crab Shack maybe is the closest. Joe's, yeah, yeah, that works. That's a pretty good comparison. Uh, keep these coming, and I've just it's it it's a shame because then we don't have anything in that category if it goes away. So, all right, all right we can go to the phones here. Brian's called us up at a Waldo. Hey, Brian. Hey, um, I, what I wanted to comment on was when uh, also when it comes to restaurants that run promotions, you also run the risk of creating or drawing in purely discount guests. So for uh, I'm, I'll be as vague as possible, but there is a local restaurant chain that does multiple uh, specials throughout the week. They have a special on certain days. Um, and I had been a part of it, and we would have guests that would specifically come for that least expensive special, especially if it's a it could be any item, could be a burger, could be a pasta, could be anything, and it was low price. But that's the only day they would come in for that item. So when you have guests that come in for that, you know, the $25 all-you-can-eat shrimp or lobster or promotion that you got going on, sometimes they're here just strictly for that and not getting anything else, not even for that day that they're there, but they only come out for that special and that's it. So, 100%. I mean, in some ways, you kind of lose some uh, clientele or base that you're trying to build because you're 
doing the fast grab. You're trying to get the discount guess in as quickly as possible, and you're hoping for the best instead of crafting the product where people are going to come out and go, man, that's worth my dollar or worth however much it's going to be. That's exactly right. And and like with Red Lobster, when they finally say, okay, that's it, we're taking this back off the menu, that special is no longer going to be available, you are never going to see those people again. They're gone. Oh, you can't. It's, it's hard to roll back a special. I mean, especially when you're trying to, uh, especially when you're trying to keep guests. Once you introduce that special and it goes off, there's you do not come back from it. It's, that's yep. the special from here on out. <laughs> Very well said. All right. Hey, thank you. Thanks for getting in. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. It, it just, if they can't, if they can't get people in the door by offering $20 all-you-can-eat shrimp, I don't know what's going to do it. Yeah. A uh, couple of folks are mentioning jumping catfish. I'm not familiar. Uh, I don't know if, if they're in that same boat, pardon the, pardon the use of the term, with Red Lobster or not. Have you been to a jumping catfish? I feel like I, I need to Google it. Um, I have not, but it sounds familiar. Okay, there's one in Olathe. There's catering in Lee Summit. Is it a chain? Is it a is it a big chain? I can't tell from looking at this if it's don't know, but if it's just here yeah. or if it's everywhere. If yeah, right, and and that's that's what you may run into is especially when you get down around the Gulf, you're gonna find places that are one offs or maybe you know local chains, little chains in Birmingham or chains in wherever right. that aren't you know that that don't have any ambition to grow up and be competitive with Red Lobster, but they will on a local level. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for getting in here. Coming up, we'll go to Michigan. What's the future of this senior facility where somebody was able to walk right out the front door and uh, end up with some pretty bad circumstances? We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Red Lobster having a hard time getting people in the door. They tried the all-you-can-eat shrimp for 20 bucks. That didn't do it, so they're raising it to 25 We were just talking about if there's anything else in that category of not fast food, but... I don't have a polite word for it, but in that same category of red lobster for seafood. That sort of fast casual, I think, is yeah. is the category that they use for that. But yeah, let's go to Frankie and Lenexa, who may have a little bit of insight for us. Hi, Frankie. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. What's on your mind? Um, Jumping Catfish has got this, the owner's Dave. He has two of those restaurants, and then one in Lee Summit and one in uh, Olathean. And man, they blow red lobster away. It's awesome. And about the same price. About twenty five bucks for one person. Got it. Dinner. So, yeah. and it is just the two of them. There's no, there's none in like yeah. other cities or anything. No, no, no. He's a Cajun guy from um, Louisiana, um, and um, he has his own commercials and everything. Um, it, but he's really, really good food. You get ham and beans with every with every meal. You get brought to your table. You got coleslaw, and you got, and then they have quail, frog legs, um, catfish every day. Of course, um, they've got. I mean, anything seafood, they've got it. Uh, you know, anything, anything gaming. Frankie, I, I, I think he needs to call you to do his next commercials for him because you're doing a heck of a job. <laughs> no, it's awesome. That's very it's cool. Great. All right, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, we'll have to yeah. check it out. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, thanks to everybody for getting in here. All right, we'll move on, uh, and hopefully Red Lobster will will make a comeback here. Um, okay, you had seen the story this morning out of Michigan, out of MLive.com. Uh, you have an adult foster facility there where you have an 83-year-old resident that was able to just walk out the front door. Yeah, I and and I hate the story. I have to I feel like I have to apologize before we even get into some of the details on this because this does not end well. So we'll save you the heartburn on that uh, and not hold back on the fact that somebody lost a life here. 
And what I can't for the life of me understand are two words that show up in this article that came out of M Live. So it's a Massachusetts uh, senior care facility, and they had an 83-year-old who died on October 14th. What happened was the 83-year-old went over into the hallway and pulled the fire alarm. And shortly after that, walked out the front door of the facility and just disappeared. They were found a, a few hours later after, after a search of the grounds, after somebody figured out somebody was missing, and they were found a few hours later already dead, face down in the grass a few feet away from where their walker was located. So clearly what happened here is that somebody, that the person who died became disoriented somehow, walked out. There was a rainstorm going on at the time, walked outside, didn't have any idea what to do, got separated from the walker, and then just died from exposure. What makes this story even worse is that the nature of this facility, this is a place that's designed to keep things exactly like this from happening. It's a place that's designed as a hospice care center for people who have issues with memory, uh, have become disoriented. Their whole reason for being is to have a place to house somebody who can't be trusted not to wander off. And they let somebody wander off and die. It's the worst thing that could have happened and it happened on their watch. What gets me about this is that even the headline of this article is, after resident found dead outside front door, Michigan senior facility could face closure. Could. So you would think, given what this facility specializes in, and the um, tendency of people to wander off when they have issues like that, you would think that they would have alarms and such on the doors and mm -hmm. the windows and the gates so that if somebody did try to open one of those and escape, they would be alerted to that. In fact, they do have an alarm. Uh, the front door's alarm, which might have notified staff of his departure, had not been reset after that fire alarm. Right. So he, so no, so nobody knew. Yeah. So they, they reset the fire alarm, but somehow the, the alarms that are on the doors aren't notifying anybody that the door opened and this person wandered outside. I, I mean, after an incident like that, after you have an alarm go off, are you not doing a head count? Do you not do, I hate to compare it to prison, but do you not like tell everybody to stay in their rooms Yeah, and then go through and make sure everybody's accounted for? In every right. room. And and the fact that this wasn't an immediate decision. Okay, you guys are here to do exactly this job, and you botched exactly this job. You don't get to house anybody. I mean, think about having a parent in a place like that and finding out mm -hmm. this happened to somebody else's parent. They've had other trouble, this facility or the company that owns. Uh, it is owned by American House Senior Living out of Toledo. In uh, June, a blind woman with Alzheimer's died at another location owned by American House. She managed to walk out of an unalarmed front door, drown after falling into a pond. Yeah. Uh, there were several investigations from the state in recent, all kinds of things. Rough handling of a patient, a senior dislocated his shoulder because of that. Staff there repeatedly failed to give residents their medications. How is American Senior Living still in operation because they're massive they are according to this article they are the 27th largest chain of senior homes in the 
country, pardon me, totaling 54 communities throughout the Midwest, New England, and Florida. And they have 19 facilities across the country that specialize in this that specialize in people with dementia and, uh, you know, memory issues and things like that. Uh, 19 facility licenses in the state of Michigan. So, yeah, they're everywhere. They're huge. So even if you close this one down, like you said, the other incident that happened with the blind woman, that happened at a different facility of theirs in Michigan. I'm just looking to see if there are any near here, and there's not. I mean, Chicago is the closest, so, or close to Memphis. 913-586-7798. How... What's the state's interest in not shutting this facility down and others? So what if they're big? Yeah, so that's what? true. It's right. unsafe. And how does and how does it not happen immediately when you have somebody wander off out your front door and die in your front yard? How do they not go just in the interest of all of the other people who are housed in that facility come in and lock the doors at that moment? Um, we'll go to the phones if you want to jump in. 913 uh, 913-586- Seven seven nine eight. Seven seven nine eight. Yes, uh, making sure I get making sure I get the first three right. Let's do Ashley in Kansas City up next. Hi, Ashley. Hey, uh, my great grandmother was in one of these memory care facilities, not with this company specifically, but she had severe Alzheimer's. And what would happen on their facility is if the fire alarms, you had to have a code to get into the door to get onto the unit or to get off of the unit. But if the fire alarms went off, those doors unlocked. Because they have to. If there's a fire, yeah, you don't want locked doors anywhere. Exactly. So I'm guessing that that's what happened. But this is where families have to step in if they have a family member that is a resident at a facility like this. We would go, when my great-grandmother was there, seven days a week, three times a day to make sure that she was properly being taken care of. I even went ahead and volunteered during my summer when I was 14 to visit with some of these people. It is one of the saddest things in my heart to see these older people who get, we call them dumped because they literally were dumped in these facilities by their families who never went to visit who i mean even at christmas or thanksgiving some of these people didn't have anybody coming to visit and that to me is just horrible but that's where families have to step in and say hey this is not right this is not going to happen to my loved one you know these places are so understaffed and unfortunately a lot of People are there to make a paycheck and not because they care about the well-being of these residents. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the situation we're in. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did yeah. what you did. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for the call. You, know, I've, I've mentioned this before. When I was in high school, we had to do because it was a Catholic school run by the Jesuits. We had to do a cert, certain amount of community service every year. And I did mine freshman year at a convalescent center that was close enough to my house that I could get there on my bike because I was too young to drive. So she's absolutely right. I mean, the number of family visits that happened while I was there over that summer, I could count on one hand. And you'd walk down the hall and people would call your name as you were walking down the hall just so that you would come into the room and talk to them for a few minutes. Something in the text line said, the industry is critically understaffed. You're better off issuing fees instead of closing them down. Fees are not going to make them safer. Fees are not going to punish them or make those places change. I don't yeah. know what the alternative is. 
and and the amount of money that people pay for those things, even if you come in with civil fines in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, they'll write that check. Yeah, they'd rather. No problem. Yep. Uh, let's get another quick call in here before we take a break. Dan's next up in Prairie Village. Hey, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Just wanted to piggyback on your last call a little bit. My mom was actually in an elderly care facility in St. Louis, and it's one of the big regional ones. And she actually fell multiple times, wandered outside without them noticing, and they made it virtually impossible after she passed away as a result of their care. They made it virtually impossible for us to even get a hold of the records because they've got attorneys on staff. And so I don't know that it's so much the state, but they're so powerful and have so much money that they will fight anybody and everybody, you know, from from finding out actually what happens in those facilities. Um, are, are their initials DG by any chance? Uh, LG. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. I, I'm I'm glad it wasn't because I know the people who run that place. Um, Correct. Yeah, I know them and fairly it, well. And it's the same. I have a sister-in-law uh, who works at that facility, and and we were going to move my mom there, and she said, unfortunately, yep. it's understaffed, and the the power that they have behind the scenes to fight any patient or any family is unbelievable. I mean, I wow. I had multiple forms I had to fill out. I had to have my mom sign a release, even though my sister had the power of attorney. We still had to have my mom sign a release and keep in mind she had Alzheimer's so that we could even see her records and then yeah. no documentation of the broken hip, even though offline they admitted they dropped her in the shower. Oh, my gosh. Man, I am so sorry that happened to you. I, I, yeah, the words aren't enough because, I mean, to them, it's an industry. To you, it's your mom. Correct. Oh, it's, man. Yeah, it's unconscionable. And I know there's big problems in the world. There's guns and everything else. But the elderly care is, is a major issue um, for our for our parents and grandparents. You got it, Dan. Thanks, hey. Dan. Yeah, thank you for the call. I dread this because I live 500 miles away from my mom, and I'm and she's a widow, and I'm the only child. I dread this. I um, She and I have never really sat down and talked about it, but, like, the day where this may need to happen – what do we do? And I'm not there. I just, yeah. I hear all the nightmare stories and think, oh my gosh, what's, what's the alternative other than like in-home care, which is a fortune and a half versus yeah, just a fortune. Yeah. And if you can't be there, I mean, we were, we were lucky enough to be in a situation where we could drop everything and move into my mom's house. And my sister was there too. Not everybody can do that. And I totally understand that. I would never get down on somebody for utilizing the services of a facility like this. But there is so much trust that you have to be willing to give. And sometimes they just don't earn it. 913-586-7798 if you want to get in on this one. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is scary to think that this could be your parent, that this could happen to. Uh, This is out of Michigan, real quick. Uh, You have a facility there that is specifically meant and tailored to seniors who have memory issues and who tend to wander off and then not remember where they are. And so you have an 83-year-old resident who was there and pulled the fire alarm 
and in the fire alarm unlocking the doors was able to get out and wander away and wasn't found for a while um and that person died the state says yeah maybe we'll close it maybe we'll see yeah um <laughs> it, 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 and now granted you're you're gonna have to have time for them to do an investigation and figure out everything that went wrong here but if it's that easy and you have you, you have a situation where you know the facility was unlocked for a period of time and you don't immediately go around after the lock after the alarms are reset and do a head count and make sure everybody's accounted for that's on you again it's like prison i feel like if there's an alarm and and it means doors are unlocked first you lock the doors re-alarm the doors then do the head count and make yeah. sure you're not missing anybody. A hundred percent. And, and uh, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, the idea of, you know, with childcare, how do you find a childcare that you can trust? How do you find somebody that, that you're willing to put that kind of trust in? And when it comes to your parents, I mean, a lot of us are in the, have been or are now in that position of having to make those kinds of decisions. And boy, we're like babes in the woods. I mean, we, unless you've had experience with it, how do you know? Let's go to Pat in Overland Park. I think she wants to share something with us. Hey, Pat. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing Great. fine, doing fine. Tell us about it. Um, well, recently I had a fall and ended up perforating my intestine in two places. And I ended up with multiple emergency surgeries. And I was in the hospital for 42 days. And wow. then I was to a rehab facility before I could go home, which I did need because I had no muscle tone or anything after being in a hospital bed that long. Sure. But the, the rehab facility gave such horrible, bad service, things like an hour to an hour and a half response time when you press the nurse's button. Now, I was luckily just needing to help, get help to get up and go to the bathroom, but there were other people that, you know, could have fallen, could have been bleeding, or any of the other things that go along with being in bad physical health. I was sent there for physical therapy to get strong enough to go home and it took four and a half days before i ever saw a physical therapist wow and then once it started it was 30 minutes a day and that was it so why was i having medicare pay all this money for me to stay in this place when what they did what little they did I could do it home. Yeah. Did, did you have any opportunity or were you able to talk to anybody about getting out of there and getting to some other place or were you shafted? I mean, you just had to stay there. That was your only choice. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm one of those people that speaks up and speaks out. And Good for you. Like the third day when I saw they weren't doing anything, I asked for a meeting with the nursing director. And she was in my room within an hour. She walked in and said, I, I understand you wanted to speak to me. And I said, yes, I do. Could you please come in and shut the door? And I picked up a spiral notebook and she went, oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> I went down the list of, you know, 
the call time, the response time to the call button was the biggest thing on my mind because people could be in so much uh, danger or in such bad shape, and nobody knows for an hour to an hour and a half. Right. And I wasn't the only one that got that, and she seemed appalled at that. And then talking about the physical therapy, the fact that the contract says, after you're admitted, your your therapy will start the very next day. Well, I was admitted on a Thursday afternoon, and I didn't see a physical therapist until after my meeting on Monday. Wow. Well, I mean, even going back to what you said about how, well, you know, it, it was an hour to an hour and a half, and I and I only had to go to the bathroom. Well, you know what? If I have to go to the bathroom and then I have to wait an hour and a half, that can be a big deal. Uh, you know, that's that's awful. You're right. I mean, somebody who's in worse shape. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much for the call, Pat. I just, you wish that, that there was that kind of choice, that you would be able to make a phone call to somebody and say, get me out of here. We need to go somewhere else. Okay, so clearly the issue is short staffing, obviously. If they had more staff, then this would be easier. Yep. So is it, um, I assume then the answer, the problem is that they're underpaid. Is that, why is this not a more attractive job? Why don't we have more people that want to do this? Or do we, but the pay is so low that somebody that has that certificate that you would need or whatever chooses to work somewhere else? Yeah. Um, let's and go it's a shame because they make so much money. Well, it right. costs yeah, you so much money to to put someone in one of these. Absolutely. Yeah, the facilities are making money like crazy. Let's go to Debbie and Lee Summit and see what she has to add in. Hi, Debbie. Hi there. What do you know? How are you? Doing well. Good, good. Um, I, I told them I had just a couple of points. I know you had pointed out or asked the question, why don't they shut this facility down immediately? And having had at this point three family members that are in some sort of a care facility, um, it would be, be so difficult to move all those people. Where would they go? Families, every family that, you know, has someone there has to be involved. And, of course, you know, where you can, you're not going to just take everybody and move them to one place. Sure. Um, so there's that. Um, and then also currently we have a family member in an assisted living, not a memory care, but there are memory issues. And we have put cameras in her apartment, and the facility is aware of it. They've noted it on her door. It's not technically supposed to be allowed, but they have not stopped us from doing it. Like I said, they put a note up. I uh, just wonder why that would not be allowed in more places and if that might not help some of these issues. I think it's a great idea. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it goes back to something we had said earlier. If they balk at that, that really makes you wonder why. Uh-huh. Exactly. And that the poor woman who was in the rehab facility, I had a family member, same thing, hours of standing and waiting for basic care. Um, and it's just short staffing. And yes, I think it's not a real attractive job to people. There's a lot of, you know, not nice things that have to be done. But uh, it's, it's a shame because these people are paying many, many thousands of dollars every single month for this care. And in a lot of places receiving very subpar for what they're paying. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope everything goes okay with your relative. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for, Thanks the, for call. the call. Okay. So as I try to problem solve our way through this year, is the answer then more regulation from the state 
and more rules about how often you have to check and how much time can pass before you have to check on a call button and that kind of thing. And then facilities will have to, in order to meet those regulations, will have to staff better, which means we'll need more regulators to do more inspections because I assume they're not going to just do this willingly and then really have hefty fines for not meeting them. And it also is going to mean prices are going to go up. Prices are already high. I know. It's yeah, already too I'm high. De- I'm not defending it. I'm not saying they should. <laughs> I'm just saying if if what if the solution to this is bringing salaries up to the point where you can find people that are going to demand those jobs for those salaries and they're not there now, then they're going to pass that on to the consumers and the prices are going to go up for the facilities. It's are, it's just the nature of the beast. Are other countries better at this than us? Do other countries take better care? I feel like they do. I of their seniors so. than we do because <laughs> we're apparently not doing a great job so what do we do better what how how can we do better with this um 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here uh all right we learned something new about patrick mahomes there's something particular that he does for every game get to that coming up here on KMBC. All right, talking a little football here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was on uh, the podcast that is a podcast or is it a show? Manning Cast. It's a podcast. Okay, that's so what I they, thought. Yeah, they they do their thing during the games, but they have the the podcast as well with the Manning brothers. Um, and he <laughs> talked about one of his superstitions that he does for every game. And initially you think, oh my gosh, really? But then he he qualified it a bit. Uh, he says he wears the same pair of underwear for every game of his professional career. The same pair. <laughs> exactly. Every same. game day, strapping on the... You know what? The, these kinds of superstitions are always a little bit weird. Uh, but hey, you got to give him credit. It apparently works for him. He said uh, his wife, Brittany, got him for me. Uh, so he has to wear them. But he says it is, he said he, he put them on the first season, pretty good season that time. And so, and then he he realized what he had said. And he said, well, they're not too worn down because I only wear them on game day. Um, <laughs> and he does clean them, he assured. So, That's and they're red, good. of course. Yeah. There, there was a guy who was a running back in the NFL for a few minutes back in the 90s named Eric Rett. And he had the same set of shoulder pads from when he was in high school and wore them all the way through high school, college, and his NFL career. Unlike uh, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Rett never washed those shoulder pads. And there were guys who talked about the fact that in the locker room, you couldn't even get near his locker. It was just this green funk that hung in the air. And they were like, no, 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 no. We're not going near Eric's locker ever. Um, here's a girl who's never worn those pads that has no idea. Do they go, there's a shirt that goes under them, right? They don't go directly against your skin. There's something Usually that goes like between them and your. It, de- it depends on the player. I mean, some, yeah, some guys will wear a t-shirt underneath them and then put the shoulder pads on top of it. So you don't get, you don't chafe, you don't get rubbed. Uh-huh. But other guys, I mean, they, the shoulder pads do have padding and, and like a cloth material on the bottom of them. So mm-hmm. it's not plastic right up against your skin. Um, of, of the guys, Colin, of the guys that are on your football team, are they wearing shoulder pads right up against their shoulders or are they usually having a t-shirt on? Underneath? Some guys do, some guys don't. Yeah. It's personal preference. Gotcha. Are they easy to clean? Or are they uh, hard to clean? I've, I've never tried to clean a pair of shoulder pads. But <laughs> yeah. You don't, I, you don't clean the pads. Yeah. 
Wait, I thought you said he, this guy never never cleaned up. He never. Not 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 since high school and all the wow. way through high school, college, and NFL. He never ever cleaned the pads because some of them have the removable like padding part that you can take yeah. out, almost like you know, the, like a like a slip cover, and mm. you can you know you can clean those. But he just never did. He was like, nope, nobody touches my pads, and I'm wearing the same ones. He did not have the same kind of success Patrick Mahomes did. Somebody just said, what are the odds that Brittany is replacing him every time? And he just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, one I mean, pair of Hanes is as good as another. She wants him to win, too. So, you know, I'm, uh, I doubt that. Um, a couple of you are uh, pointing out a story that we actually talked about in the noon hour, but we can touch back on this for a second for those who uh, missed this announcement. Um, as far as I can tell, they have not named him yet but they have arrested a person in connection to the death of Adam Johnson. He was the hockey player that, forgive us, was slashed during a game. They have arrested someone for manslaughter. They haven't named him. They haven't given his age. Connect the dots. Right, yeah. All all signs point to that it was, in fact, Matt Petgrave, whose skate ended up slashing him in the neck. But English courts are a little bit different than ours, so they haven't released his name yet. But that's what we're all figuring. So um, as we hear more about that, again, we were kind of baffled by that, but we don't know UK law. What we read about the definition of manslaughter is that it's really vague. Maybe they know something that we don't. So yeah. we'll see what they end up having to say about it. All right. Uh, we'll wrap here with the story out of Florida. Uh, Fort Myers is going to be home. What could possibly go wrong here? Uh, the world's biggest bounce house is coming to Fort Myers. Okay, they said it's half the size of a football field. Do you get the feeling that maybe the world's largest class action suit is also <laughs> coming to Fort Myers? Like, how long do you give it before it pops for the first time? And <laughs> yeah, there's an right. injury for the first time. How long do you think that takes? I mean, the one thing that we always hear about the bounce houses is when a big wind comes up and throws them, you know, several hundred feet in the air with a bunch of little kids inside. So Didn't somebody I'm die when that, that happened in Australia? Yeah, Didn't oh, yeah. that happen? Uh, there there have been deaths here in the States when bounce houses have broken loose. Um, in fact, there was a company that was running one a couple of years ago that, that, you know, rented them out for birthday parties and things like that, who ended up having to close because of a pretty big lawsuit over that. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping, given the fact that's, that it's in Florida and it's on the Gulf Coast, that maybe they're going to do everything that they possibly can to lock down every piece of this thing down to the floor. But just with little kids smacking into each other on those things, I wonder the same thing about the, the, the uh, what do you call the trampoline places uh -huh. that we have all over the place, you know? John, there are adult sessions if you want to go. <laughs> At the bounce I'm, house. I'm on, I'm on their website. There are kids' sessions and adult sessions. They look like they are having a blast, by the way. No kids allowed in the adult-only sessions. This place looks cool. It, it does look because it's like an, they've got like this big obstacle course set up. Like it's not just one big house. It's this big turny obstacle course thing. Yeah, but when, it when looks I'm, cool. When I'm here an adults only night at the bounce house, that's not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> it's just, but it, it's that, what it that, is. <laughs> I know, but it sounds horribly <laughs> dirty. So, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's not what they have going on at adults only night at the bounce house. But, you know, it's, it's always an option, I guess. Adult only session, 16 and over. <laughs> here's their here's their FAQ section. Who can go? Anyone age 16 and over. Who can't go? Anyone under age 16. <laughs> um, everyone must behave like an overgrown child. 
Yeah, this will be injuries. You have adults. Adults are going to end up at the doctor the next day. Oh, yeah. Because of this. You're going to have grown men that are just going to be idiots. Spraining things. Yeah, I think that's a very, very bad idea. I, I, you know what? I'll go watch. Um, no, I'm all, all right. What goes on inside the big bounce? They ask, um, basketball hoops, <laughs> obstacle runs, big boats, oversized sofas, palm trees, animals, and characters for you to get a photo with and the ball pits. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, there you go. So now not only do we have adults only night, now we have furries involved too. Yeah. See, I'm smelling a rat here. I'm thinking there's something going on. They're not telling us. I don't know how much this is, but it sounds like something that would cost a fortune. This is right up there with Disney, it sounds like. All right, that does it for us for the day. Uh, Plenty to come on Dayton Parks. We'll be back tomorrow here on KNBZ.